Tonight we're going to talk about serving others, and that is a topic that um, that we find a lot in the in the Bible about serving others and our opportunities that we have to serve others, the obligation that we have to serve others, and the pleasure that we have to be in service to others. So we're going to talk about that tonight, but in a little different context. We're going to talk about first in the first part of the lesson. We're going to identify some of the things that the Bible tells us to do as far as serving others. We're going to look at some examples in Scripture about how that, that uh, some of the people in the Bible served others and how they did that and the meaning of it and, and all the Scriptures that, that uh, we, won't, we won't cover them all, but several of the Scriptures that, that talk about being a servant. Now, we couldn't do that because I'm telling you there's a lot of stuff in the Bible about that. The word servant is used 462 times in the King James Version. And so we serve others with our time and our ability, and we do that physically, we do that spiritually, we study and with people in God's Word to help them along the way to learn what the will of God is in their life and our life. So service is a big deal in the Scriptures. And we're going to start out our, our uh, lesson tonight about talking, talking about serving others with the gospel. So we identify the fact that we serve others and should serve others, but what is the ultimate service that we should have with someone? What is the best thing that you can do for somebody? It's a great thing to feed somebody when they're hungry. It's a great thing to make sure they got clothes and a place to live and things such as that, but what is the ultimate thing that you can do for anyone? And that is to serve them by sharing the gospel with them. Now let's look at Matthew 20. We're going to read this uh, 25 through 28. It says here, But Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Now the word minister that's used in King James version here means servant. That's what it means. You know, the, the society, and particularly in America, would tell you that a minister is a position in the church. But we don't see that in Scripture because when we find the definition of these different terms, we find that a minister is actually a servant. And it's not a position, it's something that each one of us should be. Every one of us needs to be a minister to, to everyone else. Because when we serve people, then we're serving God. So, in verse 26, it ends with, let, it, let him be your minister. And whosoever be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So Jesus came and he became the ultimate minister, the ultimate servant. He willingly went to the cross and died there for the remission of our sins if we follow his teaching. So, tonight we want to look at that. We want to look at, at uh, some more of what it means to minister. We're going to look at the Bible example here, here in John 13, verses 6 through 14. And I've got this on multiple slides, but, but we'll, we'll follow it through. So the Bible says here, Then come, cometh he to Simon Peter, and that's Jesus. He came to Simon Peter. And, and Peter said unto him, Lord, 
Dost thou wash my feet? Now, that washing of feet was something that was commonly done back then, but it was the ultimate service to someone in this situation here. And so Jesus is wanting to wash Peter's feet. So he says, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Verse 7. Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Now that was a pretty bold statement, I think. I don't know that I'd be telling Jesus anything like that. Are you never going to do this, Jesus? Well, let's see how that went for him, okay? He said, Yet thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part in me. Well, Simon Peter was taken back by that. Let's see what he says here in verse 9. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not to save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, Ye are not clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye that I have done know ye what I have done unto you done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for I for so I, I am. If I then your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash another's feet. Now this was a hard lesson for Peter, wasn't it? He started out saying, You're not going to do that to me. Lord, and I, I realize, you know, that he didn't want Jesus to wash his feet. He wanted to serve Jesus, didn't he? But what did Jesus do? Jesus demanded that he could wash Peter's feet because he wanted to show him how that he could serve Peter. And all the people that are looking, and 2,000 and something years later, we're all still reading this and getting that message that we need to be serving other people. We need to humble ourselves and serve other people. You know, a lot of times people in powerful positions, they want to be served. They want to stay in the finest hotels and eat the finest food and wear the finest clothes and drive the finest cars. In fact, they don't want to drive the finest cars. They want somebody to drive them in the finest car. And that's what people in positions of power want, right? But that's not what Jesus wanted. He wanted to teach us to be servants and to serve others. Now, let's look at the woman with the ointment. In Mark 14, verses 3 through 9. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, a spiker very precious, and she break it, break the box and poured it on his head. I want to stop there for a minute. He's sitting there, and this lady comes up with a, with a container of ointment. And she opens it up. The Bible says she break it. And again, some of the terminology is a little hard to understand, but when we look at it, we can figure it out and see the meanings of words, that kind of stuff. Poured it on his head. Now, that was a thing of honor, apparently. Something that would be very good to happen to someone. I don't... I can't imagine that. I don't seem like I'd want a bunch of ointment poured all over my head when I'm sitting somewhere. But you know, that was some different culture, different way. 
Verse 4 said, And there were some that had indignation with themselves. They were mad about this. There were some that were sitting there that when they saw that, they were aggravated about that. They saw that this thing had happened, and, and uh, let's, see, let's see how that goes. <clears throat> they had indignation within themselves and said, why, is, is, why was this waste of ointment made? It was very precious ointment. For, for it might have been sold for more than 300 pence. That's what they were aggravated because this expensive ointment had been placed on Jesus like that. They said it could have been sold for 500 pence and been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. They murmured against this lady that did this for Jesus. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me, for you have the poor with you always, and, and whensoever ye will, ye will, ye may do to them good. Do them good. But me ye have not always. He went on to say, She hath done what she could. Jesus said she had done what she could. And that's going to be important here as we look at some different scriptures. You know, I don't know why that was all she could do. Maybe that's the only thing she had in her house that, that she valued enough to go and give to Jesus. But Jesus knew. Jesus knows the mind of people. He knew the mind of those people. And He said she's done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body and to the bearing. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the world, this also that she had done shall be spoken for a memorial of her. And again, 2,000 and something years later, what are we doing? We're still talking about this gal. Because she did what she could. Let's go on. The Good Samaritan, Luke 10. Verses 30 through 37. And Jesus answering said, and Jesus is talking to, going to talk about this, this uh, good Samaritan here, okay? He answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now let's, let's take that and kind of analyze it for a minute. This guy's going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's, he's going along this way. And some thieves come and, and mugged him. That's what we would say. He fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment. They stripped all his clothes off of him. I say all, but some. And wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, the Scripture uses that term, half dead. So I would understand that to mean that he was right at the end of his life, maybe, if something didn't happen. In verse 31, And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he had saw him, he passed on the other side. So he's coming down that way, and he sees this guy, and he, he passes him on the other side. And the priest does not stop and help him. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at that place, at the place, came and looked on him and passed on the other side. The Levite looked at him. This guy's half dead. And they just keep on walking. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went and went to him and bound up his wounds. He's treating his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. So he stops and he starts treating his wounds and pouring in oil and wine. And he puts him up on his beast, his animal, and he takes him to what we would call a hotel. 
to take care of him. And he took care of him that way. Scripture goes on in verse 35 to say, And on the morrow, or tomorrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host, that's the innkeeper, the guy that runs the hotel, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now, Jesus asked this, which now of these three thinkest thou was, a neighbor, was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, Go and do thou likewise. You know, we kind of skip over that sometimes, don't we? I mean, we talk about the Good Samaritan. We talk about somebody that stops and helps somebody that's run out of gas or has a flat and all that kind of stuff. And it was a Good Samaritan right there, wasn't it? Because we know that that's kind of the, the way we describe people that, that do good things for others. But I want to tell you, we're, we're thinking about this in light of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're thinking about serving others with the gospel. I want to tell you this. Just like that Samaritan, when you stop along the way, when you see somebody that's wounded and dying in their sins, and you teach them the gospel, you've done the same thing that the Samaritan did for this man, except it is extremely more important. It is the most important thing that you can do. Let's go on. What about us? How do we measure up to all of this? We've learned a lot about that already, I suppose, about what Jesus thinks about serving others. What about us? In Philippians 2 and 5, we, we used this scripture last night, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, we know the mind of Jesus. We've already seen that in scripture, right? Because Jesus said, go and do likewise. He wants us to do that. He wants us to be the rescue person. Not just in these physical things and all of that. That's really, you know, physical things are important in our life, but Jesus was really teaching spiritual things, wasn't He? If we want that mind of Christ, then we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to do so likewise. So why did Jesus come to earth? And that's really what we're talking about. Just like we said, He came for spiritual matters. He came for the Son of Man has come to, to seek and save the lost. Seek and to save that which is lost. He's talking about people. He's talking about people that do not know Jesus. That was a reason He came. That is the only reason He came. I mean, why in the world would He have come? If we were the type of people that were good enough and God would let us get to him through being real good people, then Jesus would have never needed to come. You can't give enough to charity. You can't do enough good deeds. You can't rescue enough people that have fell among thieves on the, on the roadway. You can't give of all your money and all of that. You can't buy your way into salvation. Jesus had to come, and he had to die, and we had to have a plan that we could follow and obey that plan in order to get to heaven. The greatest gift, the greatest gift of mankind that's ever been made was Jesus Christ on the cross. Because He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And if we're going to have that mind of Christ that the Bible talks about, then that's going to need to be our desire as well. To seek and to save the lost. So, 
does the love of Christ show in your life? Does it? You know, a lot of times uh, I, I, I have to get back and remind myself that, that we're not going to be any influence to anybody unless they see the love of Christ in us. People have got to know that. We have got to display that. We have got to hone our skills to the point where we can show that love of Christ to other people because it's only at that time, typically, that somebody will listen to the message that we can bring them. So, do you sacrifice your time and your ability and even your money to serve others, do you? Do you do that? Let me think for just a minute. Let's think on that one. Well, yeah, I'm, I contribute and I do this. And I know a lot of people do. You do too, I'm sure. But sometimes when it gets down to our time and maybe our skills and our ability, sometimes it's one of them, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really busy. I am really busy. You know, I, I, I know a lot of busy people. And busy people are the ones that everybody wants to go to and ask them to do something. If you want something done, go ask a busy person. Not, not a guy that sits on his couch all day long. He ain't going to do it. Because he can't do that. It's not within him, I suppose. So if you want something done, ask a busy person. So, that, so we, we are busy. Everybody's busy, I guess, you know. Should be. And I think we need to be busy for Christ. And I think we need to sacrifice our time and our, our money and our ability and all the things that we have for that. Do you see this as being important? You know, some people don't see it as being important. Some people don't see that as being important at all. And you might think, well, I don't... I guess I've met some people like that. I guess we all have, all right? Some people don't think it's important. Do you see this as an essential part of Christian living? You may be here tonight and you may be a Christian. Do you see that as an essential part of, of your duty to Christ? I think it's a fair question. A lot of people don't. A lot of people think, well, now when you're talking, here's what they think. When it comes down to telling somebody about the gospel of Christ, you know, we got some guys that are really good at that. And we got some elders that can really sit down and study with people, and that, that's, that's who does that for us. We got some evangelist friends, we got some men in the congregation, some women in the congregation that can sit down with people and, and teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sometimes people don't see that as their duty and obligation. People might say, Well, now, you know, I don't know how to do that. I don't know, I'm not good at that. I'm not good with people. People come up with all kinds of things in their life to explain, maybe, why they don't have the ability to do that. There's a lot of opportunity that we have. There's a lot of opportunity that you have that I will never have. You have people that love you and trust you and put a lot of stock in what you say that I don't even know them. The elders don't know them. Yet you have influence with them. You know, I look at all kinds of surveys and stuff about who comes to church and it's pretty interesting stuff. I, don't, I can't remember exactly what the statistic is now, but it's way up in the 70s. 70-something 70 percent of people that ever walk into the, the door of that church building did that 
because they knew somebody and, and was coming because that somebody was there. We spend a lot of money on brochures and Facebook ads and all of that, and I'm not saying any of that's bad at all. But clearly, by far, by far the most effective way to get somebody in this church building is for you to know them you to, and you be trusted by them and you to invite them to church. And you don't have to know how to do a Bible study. We get them, in the, we get them to come to church. We become friends with them. They trust us. And then one of these trusted men can sit down with them and teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ. How did they get there? They got there because you took an opportunity to invite them. We can serve others through, through the gospel or with the gospel. Do you sacrifice your time, ability, and your money to serve others? We already asked that, but I think we've got this on, the, on another slide, don't we? Do you sacrifice... Wait a minute now. This is coming up more than once. Right, here we go. So what's the benefit of doing all this? We're going to talk about some benefits of this and, and how that we can actually think about these things and think about the effect of it, and we can measure some benefits of doing this. It develops the mind of Christ. We've been talking about that, right? This, our activity in this area and our willingness to do this can make us and help us to develop that mind of Christ. And the heart of a Christian servant shows the love of Christ. That's a benefit of doing it. When you talk to somebody about Jesus, when you talk to somebody about attending the local church, you're showing the love of Christ. That's a benefit. And those good works are not a glory to us, they're a glory to God. Let's look at Matthew 5 and 16. Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is talking about the good works that we might do. And here's what he says. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Not to my benefit, not to yours. Not so people can see how many people we've brought into the church building. It's a glory to God. Because it's God's plan. It's what God wants us to do, and when we fulfill that plan, then the Father is glorified. So God gets, gives each one of us a talent. We're going to look at that. I, this is a... Um, we'll ask the question, how are we going to use it? Let's, let's, let's relate to that in, a, in another parable. Here in Matthew 25, it's a parable of the talents, okay? Jesus is teaching them this. And here's what he says. He said, For the kingdom of heaven is, a, as, a, as, is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto to them his goods. So, here this guy, the, the master, calls his servants and he gives, him, gives them his goods. And he's going to want them to do something with that. And you know, you can probably already see this coming. This is just a, a parallel to God about the fact that he gives each one of us some talents. So he delivered unto them his goods. Verse 15, And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. Now the scripture teaches us here that, that when... 
the master is passing out, passing out these, these talents, these goods. He's doing that because he's giving them what they can handle. He's, he didn't give them all that. You know, every, everybody gets the same dose of this, and then you go and do something with that. He issues this out by the talents that these people have. And straightway took his journey. And when he had received, and he that had received five talents went out and traded with the same and made five other talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. So he gives one guy five, he gives another guy two, he gives another guy one. The guy that gives five, he goes out and makes five more for the Lord. And the one that gets two made two more. And the one that gets one, let's see what he's going to do with it. He's going to dig in the earth. And he didn't make anything, did he? Verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants come and reckon, cometh and reckoned with him. So he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You notice that he said the same thing to both of these guys? And you say, well, why, why wouldn't he have favored the other guy more? I mean, he, he, you know, he gave him five, he got five. And total of ten. Gave another guy two, and, he, and now the total is only four. But he said to both of them, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew, that, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid. Now, I won't stop there for a minute. He was afraid. And because he was afraid, he went and digged in the earth and hid the talent that God had given him. Verse 25, And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast this thine. This, there, lo, there thou hast that is thine. The Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. Slothful means lazy. Thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers and then at my coming, have received mine own with usury. You know, I got talking about this to another Christian the other day, and we were talking about this this very same parable. And he said to me something that I I guess I didn't ever think about real deeply. He said I he said I think if if the guy that had one talent went and, and did something with it and gained just one more talent. I believe the Lord would have said, well, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
Because the Lord doesn't expect results. He expects effort based on the talents that I have and that you have. So when somebody says, you know, I can't do these Bible studies, I, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm just not up to that. We all know people that can help us in that area. We all know people that we can go to the elders and say, this, this lady wants to study the Bible. This man wants to study the Bible. This family wants to study the Bible, and I don't really know how to do that. Can you give me some help on that? And the elders are going to say, I'm not trying to put words in y'all's mouth, the elders are going to say, yes, we can certainly do that. And when you have done that, you have served the Lord, and you've used the talent that God has given you. So when we serve others, we are serving God. And that's really the bottom line on this thing, isn't it? In Matthew 25, 34 through 40, And then the, king, then the king shall say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom, the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. So what's he saying here? He said, I was hungry, and you gave me food, meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. You, you sheltered me. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered and fed thee? So they begin to ask the Lord, when, when did we see you hungry and fed thee? Or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took, took thee in? Or naked and clothed thee. Or when, when saw we thee and we see thee, when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Insomuch as ye have done it unto the one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. See, they were kind of bewildered hearing that. They said, You know, Lord, we, we've never seen you hungry and fed you and thirsty and gave you drink. But the Lord said that, didn't he? And as much as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. If we want to serve God, then we need to serve others. It's important to Jesus. John 12 and 26. Here Jesus said, If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. And I'm going to tell you this. I believe you're here tonight because you want to be where Jesus is at. You want the Father to honor you. Jesus said, if any man serve me, if we serve Jesus, let him follow me. And he says, where I am there, you can be also. I want to be with Jesus. So this coming week, you've got a great opportunity to serve others. You're going to have opportunity to visit with people. You may see them in the, at school, in the workplace, in the neighborhood, grocery store. You may go to get a tire fixed or whatever, and, and you're going to have an opportunity to serve the Lord by serving others. You're going to have opportunity to invite them to the service of the church. You're going to ask them maybe 
Would they like to study the Bible? You know, and that, that is a, a wonderful approach. You can sometimes tell spiritual people, you say, do you like to study the Bible? I bet you hardly you'll ever hear somebody say, no, I don't like that. <laughs> they may say other things, but sometimes they say, yeah, you know, I do like to do that, or I've never done that, or I don't know how to do that. That's an open door right there. And when that door opens, you can say, well, that's what we do. We, we study with people privately. We'll be glad to come and sit down in your home or wherever you would like to do that, and we'd like to, to, to do a Bible study with you. We have Bible studies, and we do them quite often. We have an opportunity to serve others. 2 Timothy 2 and 24, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. So, when we serve the Lord, we can't be ugly about it. We can't strive with people, argue with people. That's, that's nothing. That, that doesn't lead us anywhere, does it? What we need to do is teach them with love and from our heart and be gentle about that. Apt to teach and patient. Serving others with the gospel. That's how you can serve the Lord, is serving others with the gospel. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.